Dear student, thanks for listening in today where we talk to you about the most important tips and practices for your success in school and in life. If this is your first time joining us, we're your hosts. I'm Brad. And this is John. And you can go ahead and follow us on Instagram if you haven't already, at Dear Student Podcast, where we have updates and inspirational material specially created for you. Yeah, really important stuff. But probably the most important thing right now is part two of our interview with Olympic runner Jared Ward. Man, the first part was good. so good. Solid. And honestly, a lot of his answers, and at least for me, were very surprising mm-hmm. when he yeah. talked about, you know, if you're already shooting for the stars of going to the Olympics. I was very, very surprised to hear what he said about pumping the brakes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, you know, usually that's not what you tell people, or at least maybe you think it, but you don't tell people that. I thought that he was just very raw about his experience. Yeah, and I think it's super valuable as far as, like, not not padding, just very realistic, not padding anything, saying, like, oh, yeah, like, if you can, if you want it bad enough, you can do it, which I'm sure is the case, but, but taking a very realistic approach to whatever goals or aspirations people have as athletes. Yeah, probably one of my favorite takeaways from that, what he said, is that there could be the best athlete out there and he still might not perform at his peak ability. Or there might be somebody that's not quite as good as him, but they could have the race of their life. And I just think that there's a lot to say about that, especially for non-athletes and athletes alike, that you may be amazing at something. But some days your best fluctuates. I mean, that's the idea of yeah. PRs, you oh, know, yeah, for sure. is that they're capable of performing at that level, but they don't always do that day to day, which is why it's a personal best or a personal record. So that was just really cool to me. Yeah. And I think it, the insights that he offers are really good because it helps take on a, a really healthy perspective where you're not always getting down on yourself about what you didn't accomplish or what you, well, I guess you want to get down on yourself about what you did accomplish, but you're not always getting down on yourself when things don't work out the way that you want to. Yeah, it's a With, more healthy mindset yeah. to the perfectionistic. Yeah, because you just thing, understand that, break. that things won't always go perfectly. Yeah. So let's go ahead and, and dive into today's part. Let's do it. That, that's so valuable. And I think, so first of all, when you talked about leveraging your strengths, there's a book that I read, uh, Millionaire Success Habits, and he spends a whole chapter talking about that same idea. So dumb for us to focus on our weaknesses, the things that we're not good at because of the place that it puts us in mentally, or I guess like as opposed to where we go mentally when we focus on our strengths. And so he talked all about that. It's like focus on your strengths, what you're good at, uh, et cetera, and, and stuff like that. Um, and then also the other thought that I had with that is it shows a lot of discipline when we can do that mentally, make that choice. I think that choice to focus on the positive and to let go of the, the times when we drop the ball, it, like sometimes that's a hard choice to make inside our head, you know. But I think the more we practice it and the more discipline we get at it, then we start to see those the effects that, that you're talking about and those kinds of results. Well, yeah, and the discipline helps you feel like your life's in control right? Yeah. When, when you can right. discipline that control, then all of a sudden, then instead of it looking like, well, man, you know, the, you know, just didn't have the same luck with the ladies as my friends had, <laughs> or, 
man, it's just yeah. bad luck on this test or man, I was just born with jeans and, and I can't jump very high. So I'm never going to be good at intramural basketball. Like, you know, <laughs> that mentality of out of my control, that, that doesn't help anybody. Right. Yeah. But like you say, if you can control something and demonstrate to yourself that you do have discipline, then it's just like taking the ball back and putting it in your court and saying, you know what, I, I can control some things. So let's yeah. worry about those things. That is so great, dude. And I love that. I think that that's nature about discipline. Like for me, and, and we've talked about this in other, in other episodes, but I feel like if I get up in the morning and make like a few discipline choices first thing in the morning, then I, then I feel like that day is, it's like mine to have instead of controlled by outside things. And something else that I've kind of been learning more about discipline as the years have gone on, especially in college, is that the things that I have to focus on to be disciplined in, after a while, it kind of becomes not, it's not just this thoughtless habit, but it becomes easier to do that thing. It's easier to be positive. It's easier to sit down and do your homework. It's easier to um, whatever it is. And Sometimes those things can slip away from you pretty quickly. I mean, what you mentioned about getting into that spiral, it doesn't, you can do that pretty quick. You can get to a dark place pretty, pretty quick in whatever aspect of your life and that may be. But having that conscientious choice and the discipline to focus on the positive, which may be kind of difficult, but when you're there, <laughs> it keeps yeah. you in a much healthier place. Well, dude, and sometimes finding the positive is so bleak. Like we have some bad days sometimes, right? I remember, yeah. I remember Craig Manning one time being like, so Jared, tell me something that went good about this race. I kind of like pursed my lips together and I was like, <laughs> um, I hydrated well before the race and I made it to the plane on time. And like I was stretching, right? But by, yeah. saying, by saying I hydrated well, just is like, it's, it's small, but it's like one little, hey, like I kind of, I kind of control things, right? I can hydrate, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, that is so Such cool, a good man. point. So what would you say to athletes who have the big dreams of, of competing at the highest level, whether it's NFL, NBA, Olympics, MLB? what kind of advice would you give them to let go of that and let things develop and, and focus on that dream in the right way so that it's not, I don't know, you know what I mean? Just yeah, like yeah, the balance yeah. of having it in well, their mind, but not. I, I don't think I'm going to tell anyone to take something out of their mind that is deeply motivating. Okay. So if, if thinking, Hey, I'm MBA bound is deeply motivating, then let's keep it there. Right? Like I think the main purpose of a goal to me, the main purpose of a goal is to get you out of bed in the morning. Right, you talk mm. about how when you start the day off right in control, how much of a difference that makes in your day. You want sure. a goal that when your alarm clock goes off or when you roll out of bed, you're like, I gotta get going because I got something <laughs> I want so bad. Okay. The danger okay. of having a goal that's five years, ten years in the future is that the flare of it can wear off. So if your goal is to make it to the NBA, maybe set some baby step goals in between now and that goal checkpoints right where okay the goal is still the nba but if i want to get to the nba one thing i got to do right now is i got to make the high school varsity team you know as a junior right and have that be the focal point okay or even what do i got to do to do that i got to improve my shooting i got to improve my my game iq whatever it is right and work towards it through that i always have felt like that the goal has served its purpose 
once it gets you out of bed in the morning. So if you have a goal and it gets you out of bed in the morning, then it's great. Now, at the end of the race, for me, if I don't achieve my goal or if I do, the goal is now irrelevant. Okay, The goal got me there. If I'm going to move forward saying, yes, I got my goal or no, I didn't get my goal, that's not going to help me one way or the other. What's going to help me is saying, hey, these are some things that I controlled in the process that I did really, really well. And uh, that's the end of it. You know, the goal got me out of bed in the morning. Now, post-race, it's not this analysis of did I get my goal or not. It's these are the two or three things I did really, really well. That is cool. That, that is honestly, I've never thought about goals in that way, like using it as a motivation to get up. And I think like in the back of my mind, it was kind of like this, like a secondary result. But that's like a new thought for me when it comes to goals. I really like that. I think that's super valuable. It actually made me think that I need to readjust some of my goals because it, it, the idea of it sounds good. I'm in love with the idea of it, but it doesn't get me out of the bed in the morning. So, yeah, that's the thing. And I think there's a balance to striking goal setting, right? There are some goals that you set and you, you, when you think about it, you start to feel anxious, right? Oh, yeah. that's, like, that's a pretty steep goal. I remember when I, after I qualified for the Olympics, everybody that asked me what my goal was for the Olympics wanted me to say, well, I'm going to bring home a medal. My goal, my goal is to get mm. on the podium. And that's what, that's what every media person wanted <laughs> to hear, right? But every sure. time I thought, okay, I'm going to set a goal to bring home a medal, I was like, ooh. I started thinking about all the people that I was going to have to beat. And I was like, that honestly gives me anxiety to set that as a goal. That means the goal is too high, right? But then you need a goal that gets so yeah, so I felt like when, when I would get interviewed prior to the Olympics, everybody just wanted to hear, hey, uh, you know, your goal is to bring home a medal, right? Or what, what's your goal? It's, I mean, it's to get a medal, right? And when I would think about getting a medal at the Olympics after having qualified, so I was third at the U.S. trial, right? So two guys in the U.S. finished ahead of me. Plus, I was thinking about two of the best marathoners in the world from Kenya. And then the runners that are like almost as good as the, 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 best, the best runners in the world coming in from Ethiopia and Somalia and Eritrea. And like, and like, and from every country in the world. Right. And I was like, yeah. man, so you guys want me to finish in the top or you guys, not, not even that you guys want me to tell you that my goal is to finish in the top three, but that's a lot. I would start thinking about all the people that I would have to beat for that to be a reality. And it just wasn't the right goal. But then I like, honestly, I struggled coming up with the right goal because I was like, well, what's the right goal for the Olympics? If, your goal isn't to bring home a medal from the Olympics. And that was like kind of unsatisfying to think about any other goal besides bringing home a medal. And so I felt like I was in kind of a hard spot. And then I, I still remember one day at practice after a pretty good workout session, Coach Eystone said, Jared, I think you can be top 10 at the Olympics. And I was like, you know, I think I can too. And I think that that's the right goal. And I started to get excited about it. And I could wrap my mind around top 10, right? Mm -hmm. In the marathon, not everyone's going to have the good race on the right day. So if I can put together a good race, then I can finish certainly higher than I was seated. And I could wrap my mind around that idea. And so when I crossed the finish line in sixth place, um, a lot of the media made fun of me for being the most excited sixth place finisher they'd ever seen at the Olympics. <laughs> but... I think that was, be, you know, I think that was because I had the right goal and I yeah. found a goal that worked for me. It got me out of bed in the morning, but it wasn't so lofty that it made me anxious. And frankly, 
after the Olympics was over, when people were talking about like, you know, I remember being interviewed by someone and they were like, well, was it all worth it? And I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and I had to go back and do some thinking. And then I realized that it was worth it for some of the things that I'd learned in the process. At yeah. mile 16 in the Olympics, I didn't think I was going to be able to finish. And by running, just focusing on the next water bottle, I ended up making it to the finish and finishing higher than I thought I could. At the Olympic trial, I had some success running a really hard last 10K in grueling heat. I'd lost 15 pounds of body weight. I've sweated off, right? And so I way, way into the dehydrated hurt locker. And I learned that I could push through that. And so like, here's the thing where, you know, I, I achieved the goal in the Olympics and I was excited about having achieved it. But deep, deep down, the thing that I was really excited about is that I had just done something that 10 miles ago I didn't think was possible and that a year ago I didn't think was possible. And it wasn't necessarily that, it, you know, I think, great, I got my goal and it makes a great story. But coming back to the point of, hey, set a goal, put it out there, let it motivate you. But then after the race, evaluate what you did well. That's the stuff that sticks with me and that has changed who I am through those experiences. And that's the stuff that I evaluate and give myself credit and critique on. Not whether mm. I choose a goal or not, right? Craig Manning would say, Jared, you could set a goal to win a race. And if you showed up to that race and everyone else there sucked, would it really be that impressive to come home and say, hey, I won? And I was like, yeah. well, it's not, you know? And he'd be like, no, it wasn't. Like, of course, you're supposed to win. And he said, and, and the other side of this story is, what if you set a goal to win and someone else out there just runs the best race of their life and you still run the best race of your life, but you finish second? Is it logical for you to come home and beat yourself up over that? And I said, no. And he said, goals and post-race evaluation, totally different things. That is so, so is, insightful. Yep. I love that. I love that a lot because I feel like it, um, it's not like you dismiss the idea of, of getting a medal at the Olympics or going, going pro and whatever. It's not like, it's not like you're opposed to that, but it becomes more of this thing of like a, a natural result of the work that you put in and the effort that, that you develop over, over that time. So I think that's, that's so valuable. Yep. That's just, it's very healthy, more realistic mindset, but it's still motivating, which is probably like you're saying, one of the most important aspects yeah, of these goals. Well, we have one more question with regards to being an athlete, and then we wanted to wrap it up, bring it all back into education. So to all of the different people in high school and college, focusing on college athletics, what is something that you would tell to those potential collegiate athletes to expect or how to handle themselves as a college athlete? Oh man. Um, I'm going to say have fun. Okay. One of the things, one of the things that I tell, at least that I try to tell or communicate to my students on the first day of class is if you love this stuff, if you love statistics, let's do it. Let's get into it and let's have some fun. Let's bond over it. Let's, and let's take this as deep as you want to. If you are sitting in this class and you're like, man, I hate this. 
then go find something else. Okay. Like mm. I think that there's yeah. nothing to me more sad than the person who feels like they need to just keep their head down in college because they've already chosen a major. And then they need to take a job that is associated with that major because that's what they majored in. And then they need to work 45 years in that job until they retire. Like, dude, that's a lot of life. That's a lot of life gone. And I'm going to say the same thing for athletics. Like if you're looking at your college athletic experience, like let's have some fun. Okay. And if you, if you love what you're doing, then let's go all in on it. Okay. Let's be the best that we can be in what, but, but let's take some time to make sure we're finding things that we really are passionate about. And I promise like it's, you know, it's not, it's not something that someone can understand until they experience it. That feeling of passion and love for something that you're doing or you're learning. And I think most of the time we experience it multiple times in life with different things. We find something that we're super interested in, but man, if you're not interested in what you're doing, then find something that you're interested in and, and make, make this journey of finding things that you love. And frankly, that you're, you feel like you're supposed to be doing right. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I mean, a, a big motivator to me when I was running in college was that I felt like God wanted me to be a runner. And I was like, okay, like if, if God wants me to run, then I'm just going to make the most out of it. And I'm going to, you know, when I show up and it's a tough workout, I'm going to brush it off and be like, well, you know, it's a tough workout, but, uh, I think God still wants me to run. So I'm still going to run. And when it, when you take you, when you, when you search till you find something that you love or something that you feel committed to doing, then it takes a lot of the question out of it. And when you can be, committed enough to something because of a love or a feeling that you're supposed to be doing it, then it makes it so much easier to just bite in and go instead of wondering whether you're supposed to be doing what you're doing or not. It's so, it's so hard in the middle of 20 by 400 meter repeats on the track to wonder if you're <laughs> supposed to be running or not. Okay. That's not the right time. Okay. Yeah. I, I had to find that I loved running. I had to find commitment to my goals. I had to find out that God wanted me to be a runner. And then in the middle of 20 by 400, it's just like, well, this is the workout. So I'm going to do it. Um, but it doesn't come until after that love and that commitment is found. And so find those things, I think is my advice. That's so, so good. And when you said that, I thought of when you find like that purpose of the commitment or the love for that, like you said, it takes the question and almost the obligation and all those things that are tied down to that away. And whether you were paid millions of dollars or you got became broke doing it, like you would still be committed to that. And I have had a few experiences like that where it's like, man, am I supposed to be doing this? Or, I mean, maybe it was the four other majors that I had, but it, that in and of itself is kind of a torture you know, always that little thing in the back of your head. Do I love this? Do I want to do this? Am I going to be good at this? Am I going to be doing this stuff for 40 years? Like you said, because that is a lot of life. And sometimes even little short spurts of life, if you're hating what you're doing and whatever it is, then I guess part of it is the grind of figuring it out. But unless you're doing something about it, you don't want to be feeling like that forever. Right. And you got it. You got to give yourself that time and you got to you got to embrace and appreciate that kind of the, Hey, I'm wondering, I'm in limbo. Should I be doing this? This is kind of torture because that 
is what, you know, points you. I mean, I guess that is the contrast that gives such powerful meaning to when you get that feeling of, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And then kind of all that melts away and you can commit to it freely and you can go all in without feeling like you have to check back every once in a while to make sure you're going the right direction. I love it. I think, I think a lot of the stuff that you talk about, super valuable for college athletes, super valuable for anybody. I mean, goal anybody. something that people go through college and, and don't hear about or learn about or want to implement in their life in a valuable way. So I feel like the, the content that you talked about being able to share what you've learned uh, with goals is valuable for any, any college student that's out there trying to make the most of, of the opportunity that they have, whatever it, it looks like. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes part two of our two-part interview with Olympian Jared Ward. A lot of good stuff. I mean, we just can't talk about how much we've enjoyed the interview and the opportunity to interview Jared Ward, even for people who aren't student athletes. I know for me, there's a lot of good stuff in there that I learned that I can I can implement or or practice in my life when it comes to discipline and balance. All really good stuff. So what are some of the things that you could do to balance your life better, to juggle those balls more appropriately, and to even be more disciplined? You may think, well, I don't know, I'm a pretty disciplined person. Some of the differences between the really good athletes and the best athletes are just the smallest things. And so I think if we get too comfortable, then we might not achieve our potential. But like Jared said in many ways, that we do need to give ourselves a bit of a break. For sure. So we hope you guys have enjoyed this as much as we have. Thanks for tuning in. If you haven't already, follow us on Instagram at Dear Student Podcast, or you can follow us and or connect with us on LinkedIn because we're on there all the time. We look forward to more episodes and topics that cover the most important tips and practices for your success in school and life. We will catch you next time.